This week on Invasion of the Podcast, oh, Captain, my captains, Carol and Steve. I talked to Joe about his mega fun, happy weekend at MegaCon. And it's been a half a year, and we look back on our nerd year resolutions. Wait, what, what, do what, we, do, what do we say we're going to do? I don't know. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of the attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we're taking over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul, stayed in my house all this Memorial Day weekend and played video games, Stedman. And to my left, as always, is Joe, flew away to Florida and had a magical time and met important people, Peters. Hey, I, I didn't meet important. Well, yeah, you, you met a couple important people. I did meet a couple yeah. important people. So, yeah, well, like he had a, he had a probably a much more fulfilling weekend than I did. Uh, but I got to sit down and play video games. So that hasn't happened in a while. So I, I, I appreciated that. That's a good that's a good weekend. Yeah. Um, so real quick before we get the show started off in, in earnest, um, I was driving home tonight going by the Cleveland Municipal lot. And I just did occur to me because I keep seeing all the tents and all the temporary pod storage over there. I was like, what's going on? And I, because I know sometimes they do like uh, carnivals and things there. Yeah. Fast and Furious. That's, yeah. So I was driving by and I saw all these wrecked cars stacked on top of each other. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what is going on? And then I saw a Lamborghini just parked like pristine beside it. (laughs) And it was like, I was, I just didn't, it took me a second. I'm like, what? Oh, yeah, it's the film. Yeah. Like, it was just really weird though seeing like all these cars are just stacked like all neatly in a corner of a lot like we're done with you guys we're done now like just in case we need to reshoot we need a crush car we got you but you're good and then there's the one really fancy car just right there just mm-hmm. it was yeah so yeah I, I had to do a double take I almost wrecked my car looking at those cars so yeah, yeah anyway um, but yeah uh, we're, we have a lot of fun tonight uh, Joe went on a trip uh, and we're going to talk about that but we also uh, we let's just get to the news because there's a lot of interesting news that Joe yeah. is angry about. Yeah. Good news, everyone. Um, let's talk about Rogue One first. I'm not really angry about Rogue One. It's it's interesting, but it, it it's kind of sad. So uh, Disney's confirmed that they're going to be doing reshoots of Rogue One, I think trying to scale it back from the darker tone. Well, so the way it goes, from what I understand, not that I'm a Hollywood insider, you know, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, you know, I mean, clearly um, that's my day job. Uh, I know that a lot of these bigger, bigger budget movies do always have time set aside for reshoots because like, um, I know, like J.J. Abrams and even like the uh, the Russo brothers. Cause I know we bring them up because we love them. They mentioned that sometimes as you're shooting these bigger things, like like uh, Abrams said when shooting Star Wars Episode Seven, that you go through all this, you have all these people there, and you try to focus on everything. Then you get into the editing bay and be like, we don't have a shot of this guy walking out of a hangar. It's like so you have to go back and grab some of this, or if you thought a shot turned out a certain way, you go back and reshoot it. So there's a lot of that baked in already, but this is different because the word is that some of the higher ups aren't happy with the tone of the movie and they feel like it's a little off, which that could mean a couple different things. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I don't, I'm not worried about it right now. 
but I also wonder, like, you guys hired Gareth Edwards to direct this. Like, what were you expecting? Right. And I also hate the fact whenever it's, like, when higher-ups are brought in. Because, like, to me, it's like whenever I hear somebody saying higher-ups are making a decision, it's like these top people... Top men. We have these top men. Top men. They don't know crap about storytelling. They know about making money. Yeah. And that's when, you know, it kind of gets convoluted. Yeah. And so with this one, it's like if they're worried about the tone being darker, it's like then it's mission accomplished. I feel like, I feel like this is like, I know you loved episode seven and a lot of people did, and it was a fun movie and it reset the kind of the stage for what's going on. Since this one's taking place between three and four, and it's supposed to be like one of the more somber times and the star Wars universe, I'm okay with it being a little bit more. It doesn't I mean it can still be a family approachable movie, with being a little bit more somber. I don't have a problem with this. And if it's a little bit more grim, I don't know. All your superheroes are just killed in front of you pretty much. Like all your super police are all now gone. And you got like a guy with a breathing problem running the universe and all his big walking machines. It's supposed to be kind of, it's supposed to be a sad time. You right. know? Like, and like, I think like episode three tried to like play with that a little bit, you know, like, cause I know some people like I have a couple of friends who have kids and you know, I ask them like, you know, when you know, when did they see Star Wars? When are you introducing them to Star Wars? You know, like, and how are you doing it? And everybody always kind of gets like four, five, six out of the way, you know, and then they're they're kind of careful with that. But then, like, when it comes to the prequels, like three is always kind of like reserved for later, just because of its darker tone. And I can kind of see Disney being careful with this about that for that same reason, because like you know, Lucas had a really good formula with Star Wars being so marketable to kids because like Disney has to sell their toys. Mm -hmm. So if they have a movie and a franchise that's like, you know, built around that, then they're going to have to make that movie fit into that too. As much as we would like a really dark, gritty Star Wars film, like there was, um, Oh God, what was it called? There was a, there was a a project that they were going to do. Oh, um, um, what was it? Uh, it was the game that Lucasfilm was working on, right? The Star Wars, uh, it was like oh, thirty three eleven or something like, like that. Yeah, it was something that was the. Oh shoot! I don't know called? what it is off the top of my head. It anyway, was more about the smugglers underneath. Uh, yeah, a croissant. croissant. Yeah, it was supposed to. It was supposed to center around Boba Fett and like the really gritty, ugly, dirty layers of Coruscant, and and um, it was supposed to be an M rated Star Wars game, and it was supposed. It was supposed to come out like right before Disney bought. LucasArts and Star Wars and yeah. then obviously when it did you know they scrapped it but yeah so I, I don't know like I still think you can have um, a movie with a serious tone and still have you know you can have many Bothans dying still because it has to happen you got yeah. you can and you know, the whole big thing right now is that this is how you bring Vader back to a new audience mm -hmm. and make him awesome. everybody wants Vader back and I like I mean just when you when I saw the ad ads walking on like the shoreline fighting mm -hmm. i got really excited like because this this feels like like uh gareth edwards said he wanted to make this more of a war movie and i think that's i think you can still do a war movie in the context of star wars and still raise the stakes and make you care about the characters and not have to have a joke every five minutes like i think you can do it and still make it an approachable family film because this isn't going to be an r-rated star wars movie we know that yeah um and i just i don't know like i if 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 it's not testing well because the movie itself isn't like paced well or well, something isn't clear. Like that's different. You know, I don't really think it's in testing. I think it's just the people that the, the top men were <laughs> like, this doesn't vibe well with like the other stuff we have planned for this franchise. Well, and, and also like if you, if you judge this, 
based upon Gareth Edwards' other two movies, which is Monsters and then Godzilla, um, which I liked both of those, but they also both felt weird in the sense that Godzilla was trying to be like a love letter to like the the original King of the Monsters and, and things where it had some ridiculousness, but it tried to be really earnest and it was like the, the pacing was a little odd and you didn't, and you didn't see the monsters in full until the end. And that was all great. But like in the movie monsters itself, it focused more on a small love story as these people were going through a part of Mexico that had been affected by uh, either a, um, a UFO or something hit there that caused all that life forms to come out and kind of take over that part of the country. And so they were, all this was always kind of in the background. There was never, it was never like in the forefront. So his movies have always kind of, they've always kind of had their own different drummer type vibe to them. At least the two I've seen. I mean, he hasn't made anything else. So it makes me wonder if it's almost as if he was making a movie where star Wars was in the background. I'd still be okay with that, but I guess you can't have that as a Christmas release. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll, We'll find out during Christmas, but yeah. Um, the other thing uh, that we talked about, uh, two captain stories. The first one. Um, and Tennille. What's that? I, nothing. I, oh. You said the captain. I said Tennille. You know, oh. Anyway. <laughs> but, uh, keep us together. The, fir- the first one is uh, the rumor, which I really don't think it's going to be much of a rumor, is that Brie Larson is going to be cast as Captain Marvel. Um, it's all over the internet, more so than it has been with any other actress, because a lot of people were you know, uh, buzzing about, like, this person's going to be cast as this person. You know, pretty much once you get a lot of articles popping up that an actress or an actor's in a talk to, talk to play an, ar- an article, it's pretty much a done deal. Very, very seldomly do they does the deal fall through. So She was recently nominated for an Oscar for Best, uh, Best Actress in Room. Yep. Uh, she's done a lot of good critical work. Um, she's also done comedy work too. So, I mean, I think that she is well-rounded enough that this is, this is her time. This is her Jennifer Lawrence moment of like, Hey, I've put in the hard work. I'm okay with having a franchise now. Like, Mm -hmm. and I feel like she will be able, I think she could portray that type of strength. I mean, clearly she's in a movie that she carried herself and another child living in like a six by six box for like half the movie. So you have to be a compelling enough actress to carry that and make it, you know, interesting. Um, and she has the look, and she also has like she has good uh, uh, comedy timing too. Which, if you're gonna have a Marvel movie, I know I just talked about Star Wars, but in a Marvel movie, you gotta have you have to have the comedic. You, you have to have some levity there. Yeah, and um, you're right. She does have the look. I mean, a lot of front runners that they had, um, uh, Emily Blunt was was in the uh, the yeah. fan favorites. I guess you could say. Um, well, she was really good in Edge of Tomorrow, so I could see why people would want her in that role. Yeah, like she, I I was actually kind of like between her and Charlize Theron. Those are my two biggest picks for Captain Marvel. Um, Charlize Theron's a little older, so that kind of would have been a little tougher. Like, I think Brie Larson's 26, so they got plenty of movies out of her. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the one girl from Vikings, I can't remember her name. No, I don't ever, remember. But she's, uh, like, one of the lead characters in Vikings. Uh, Yvonne Stransky, who was in Chuck. Um, and then Katie Sackhoff. Which, she's getting a little, little older now, too. She you is. Know? I could never picture they could digitally correct her eye <laughs> that's that i i i spoke i'm sorry i spoke out of turn it's just starbuck has a wandering eye sometimes <laughs> you know so but uh as is the character starbuck had a wandering eye sometimes but i'm pretty happy with brie larson i think that would yeah. be great as for to have her as captain marvel and like captain marvel is one of my favorite characters um not that i think that like every writer has taken her the direction i i thought she can get like a little boring sometimes, but like the Miss Marvel eras w- were interesting and pretty fun. So, and 
I, I know uh, Charlie Theron's supposed to be a villain in the new Fast and Furious movie, which maybe she's the one smashed all those cars. I, I don't know that I drove by, but I'd love to see her as a villain in the Marvel universe. I think she'd be a really what, who did good she villain. play a villain as? Was it the Snow White movies? Yeah, she's like she's in those. Like, I the, think she was a good villain in that. I saw the first one. I didn't see. Um, it was terrible, but Charlize <laughs> Theron was at least a good villain. I think she'd be um, a really good Marvel villain if you give her like a chance. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm excited for if, if if this is true, then that's another good good casting call. Um, and now we just got to figure out who the right, the, not writer, the director is going to be, and then I think we're going to be good to go there. Like, because right. um, there's all that like, uh, not to throw it back, but like all the the casting announcements that came out for the Black Panther movie, all of that seems like it makes sense for what they want to do. And having uh, Ryan Coogler be the director who just did Creed, that's mm-hmm. I mean. Right now, I mean, other than I wish, I mean, even though I like Ant Man, I think it's a fun movie. I would love to have seen an Edgar Wright Ant Man. Yep. I think everything else has been pretty much on board for the right directing, acting combos of everything. So that this is another one that good on you, Marvel. Technos DC. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, real quick, um, did you read? Speaking of that, did you hear about like the whole thing with uh, Willa Ford, or not Willa Ford, uh, Willa Holland? Oh, I, I know she spoke out. She's the one that plays uh, Thea Queen on Arrow, yeah. a.k.a. Speedy. Uh, and she said something, and I, I didn't catch... I, I saw the headlines, but I didn't read the article. She was speaking out against... Uh, was it Marvel? Or was it the DC movie universe? It one was the, the DC movie universe. She was basically kind of bashing DC, saying, like, you know, get your stuff together. There's a... You know, y- you guys should have, like, these intertwined. You guys... Y- y- there's proof that it works well, and there there's no reason that we shouldn't have the DC universe blend over into the TV universe like Marvel does with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, and I, I read articles, or not read, I read stuff where people were kind of defending DC, saying, you know, that oh, you don't want that, that's not how that works, blah, 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 but, I mean, it kind of is, you know. I mean, right now, like, what has worked for DC movie-wise, you know? So it's like, it, sure. they're connected universe and TV shows, even though it gets a little... A little sloppy, and I think that again is that they're setting up these twenty-three uh, episode arcs that get a little all over the place. Yeah. Um. But like, I don't know. Like, like I've said time, time again on the show, I've not been the biggest DC guy, but Arrow got its hooks into me. I dug it. Flash, I like a great deal, even though the season two ending was really it was weak, but uh, um, which is unfortunate. But I, I'm now excited. I'm more excited now for DC properties than I have been. So credit to them. So anyway, so last bit of news, uh, the last Captain news is Captain America um, has come out. You can hit spoiler alert. Oh, spoiler! Spoiler alert! I was going to hit my He's, my, my uh, dun 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 button, but I lost it. So Captain America, Steve Rogers was a, revealed as a sleeper Hydra agent in the first issue of Captain America, Steve Rogers that they rebooted. And Joe texted me. Anger, anger-filled text yeah, messages. Anger-filled about this. text messages. I've since calmed down quite a bit. Um, but like it to me when I first when I first heard about that, like at first I was kind of angry because it's like, you know, Marvel has done a ton of progressive changes to their comics and their characters, which I'm fine with, and this doesn't even fall in line with that. My problem is is like Captain America has always been a like iconic, uncorruptible figure. It would just be like he would be a secret Nazi sleeper agent. Like you can't have Captain America be that right you know and i mean there's and like at first i was like how do you take the uncorruptible and then corrupt them and then like 
you know, have everybody be okay with that. Like, you know, there's been storylines, you know, obviously where Tony Stark's been like a dick and he's been kind of evil. You know, there's, there's storylines where like, um, you know, everybody's kind of like working against somebody else or like even, even Spider-Man, the superior Spider-Man, the superior Spider-Man. Like it was hard to read that, that year and a half arc of superior Spider-Man where Dr. Octopus was inside Spider-Man's body and, kind of being like a pseudo anti-hero good guy but he's still a bad guy mm-hmm. you know like you know that was kind of like weird and it's like is this the spider-man we're going to be stuck with but like with this at first i was kind of like you you can't take captain america because captain america's always been the guy that does everything right or wants to do everything right and then turn him into like a terrorist a sleeper terrorist the only thing i could think of is that this, they're going to play with this for like you know six twelve issues and then it's going to be something where he had to ingrain himself in so deep to root out a bigger problem. Um, that might be the t- the obvious choice, but it's like uh, you got to like there has to be like a built in like reason for why he did it. You know, well, that's and, the thing is like everybody's like screaming at Nick Spencer, who's writing Captain America. And they're like bashing. I mean, there's hashtags not my Captain America out there, and and all this other stuff. But like, because you mean, know, like because social media has to speak out on a character that's fictional. Right. What, yeah. Anyway, but they need to let the story pan out. Hashtag let's, not my. Let's show. see where it goes. I mean, like <laughs> even even Stanley uh, at MegaCon, um, he he had a panel. I didn't unfortunately get to go to because it was on Thursday. And I'll tell you about what it was going on on Thursday. I didn't go Thursday, but so he had a panel on Thursday, and, he, and somebody asked him, "They're like, how do you feel about the way that that Captain America is um, is uh, is portrayed now?" And he said, "He's like, I think it's a great story." He said, "I wish I could have came up with it." He says, "That's that's he's like that's a good creative storytelling." He says, "It's crazy, and I don't like the idea of Cap being Hydra, but it's a great story." And he's right, you know that that. Everybody it makes everybody angry, but it's still a compelling story. And there was someone speaking at Twitter. I saw one of the responses was, like, someone was like, "The world's losing their mind over a comic book." So that's good that someone's talking about a comic book, not a movie. Basically, meaning that this one issue of this Marvel comic is getting a lot of heat right now, good and bad. So Marvel knew what they were doing, and good on them. You well, know, this, like, is, this is definitely a good like as much hate mail he's he's probably gotten. This is a good boost for nick spencer i mean he's not a he's not a bad art if writer. he sticks the landing then it'll be a good, a good yeah move. but yeah. marvel needs more marvel's got a really good stable of writers in my opinion um there's they're not all like gems but like there's you know they've got their you know i'm a big fan of bendis obviously i'm really starting to love jason aaron um okay. he writes a lot of good stuff nick spencer's not bad rick remender has his hit or misses same thing with dan slot like it it just kind of like varies but um you know, and uh, who is it? Uh, Joe is it? Joe Dugan is writing Deadpool right now. I really like him. Uh, but like Nick Spencer, this is kind of kind of make or break him. I think in Marvel a little bit. I think that's fair to say because I mean, you go doing something like this within a month of Civil War coming out as a movie and finishing your quote unquote Captain America movie trilogy. It's like, and I mean, of course, Marvel saw they they've had this plan. They've had to have had this plan for at least you know six months to a year yeah. ahead, right? So they knew this was coming. They knew it was going to line up like a synergy with the movies. People are excited for Captain America. It's like, oh, your hero, not so much, you know. But it's also at the same time. It's like during the Secret Invasion when you found out that the Steve Rogers that you thought you knew for a very long time was a scroll, 
and he was it was a sleeper agent there too you know so this isn't the first time that people that you've cared about well, have been other things there's you know? like a list of continuity problems i have with it like you know uh you know recently they just ran original sin where uh nick fury was able to kill the watcher who is this cosmic being who is super neutral and he basically observes everything so nick fury is able to kill him and and basically acquire all his secrets <laughs> and a lot of these secrets end up pouring out into the marvel universe and creating a lot of new things like that's where we got silk from okay um because like that was a secret that was kept and it ends up becoming aware of peter parker uh you know these secrets kind of leak out like there's like a fo- there's a huge fight in new york and he unleashes something that basically just kind of unleashes secrets like it's kind of a, it's just like it's like a 16 year old girl like on her phone yeah just going and just trash talking to everybody it's like you guys don't even know but like imagine it like a, gr- like a grenade and he drops it and then like all of a sudden like spider-man has his epiphany that somebody else got bit by that spider i didn't even know about that so then he goes to investigate it and that's how we got silk um he apparently whispers something to thor and that's how thor loses mjolnir and that's how jane foster has it now oh. so there was a secret he had that he told thor that made thor unworthy that nobody knows yet and hasn't been revealed that more people like tom hiddleston so <laughs> so there's got to be something that there's somewhere somewhere that nick fury finds out and discovers that captain america was a hydra sleeper agent or he was brainwashed so he would have known about that not saying that he would have interjected but, you know, there is that. Um, there's also the fact if we're, you know, speaking of Mjolnir, like Captain America has picked up Mjolnir. I feel like if he was somehow a Hydra sleeper agent, brainwashed maybe, but I feel like that would still inhibit him from picking up Mjolnir. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I feel like, of course, there's Red some Skull continuity. Yeah, yeah, there's some things. And, and I mean, there's times when he's fought Red Skull. I remember there was a time when he destroyed. Uh, they weren't punching each other; they're just high fiving aggressively. They just didn't know it. Well, there's like this, like, oh, I'm, I'm coming at you! I'm high fiving you. Way to go, bro! Yeah, hail Hydra! <laughs> but he shatters the cosmic cube, and like that totally thwarts everything Red Skull is trying to do. So it's like you think he would kind of be like, "All right, we got the cube. I'm good. Hey guys, yeah, guess what? <laughs> We're on the same side. We got this box now. You're all screwed. Later, Red Bro. Yeah. You know." So I, I'm. That's why I'm saying like I'm not. I'm not as mad as when I initially was, but like I'm still kind of like this needs to pan out. Somebody needs yeah. to explain this, and if they're going to hey. stick with it, they better have a really damn good reason to. If I know anything about all the hours of wrestling I've watched recently, is that you have your your baby faces, yeah. then you have your heel turns, and it's all about that momentum and knowing when to turn from face to heel and vice versa. So right now, Captain America. He he seventy five years though of being of being a baby face yeah. and now now here comes the heel turn ah, you know big one though yeah it is a big one I just as long as this doesn't make people like Roman Reigns I'm I'm okay with you know I'm, what happens well you know <laughs> if we're gonna tie this into wrestling <laughs> real quick I I've been dying for John Cena to turn heel so oh I don't think that'll ever happen though because that dude sells stuff for them that's true. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, so yeah, Cap is uh, just to show up randomly with that music and start hitting people with chairs. Like yeah. no, I'm not talking to other wrestlers. I'm just talking like the Make a Wish kids. He like shows make- up to <laughs> like in the wheelchair. Like, Boom! Yeah. Kids not in wheelchairs. Then they're in wheelchairs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's like Take a Wish Foundation. Take John Cena. You don't want him visiting. You. Oh no. man, that would be such a good like college take- humor video. Like Take a Wish. Take a Wish Foundation. What are you doing, John Cena? <laughs> Taking these wishes back. <laughs> it's like you wanted a pony. You're getting a dead pony now. Ba-da-ba. No, anyway. So, <laughs> I would, and and I slept with your mom. I would, wa- I would watch the hell out of that. Um, <laughs> all right. 
So. Anyway, sorry. Uh, that's uh, enough of that. So, all right. So, let's get on to Joe's uh, Joe's big adventure. And now for our feature presentation. He lost his bike. He had to go to the basement of the Alamo is what happened. Yes. Yeah, I did. And you know what? There is no basement there. Oh, well, they lied. But I did meet a, meet a cre- creepy truck driver along the way. <laughs> uh, Tell him Marge, Marge sent you. So I went down to Orlando on Thursday last week to go to Megacon, which is a big convention that they have in Orlando. And um, uh, I flew in on Thursday. Uh, we had tickets for Friday and Saturday. So um, a couple of my buddies, uh, one of my buddies flew uh, from Columbus down there. My other, my, my other buddy lives there. So kick it off, we uh, we were kind of hanging around. We went to Disney Quest, uh, if you've ever been there. I know. I don't, that's, it's, that sounds like you made up something. What is that? No, it's not made up. It's basically a giant like five-level arcade. Okay. So they have tons of stuff in there. And you know, Disney Quest sounds like a free-to-play app on a phone that you keep paying money for. Well, it's definitely not free-to-play. <laughs> um, but needless to say, it kind of like dated us and made us feel a little old because we went in there and we're like looking for all the old arcade games we used to play. They did have a classic section, which we, we hung out in for a while. Pretty much ended up playing Marvel's Capcom and Tekken 5 for like most of the time we were there. So, was there like any like newer games you're like, I don't understand how these work? Oh, just kind of walked away absolutely. from them. Absolutely. There were tons <laughs> of like driving shooting games and like everything was off calibration. It was just ridiculous. Oh. Um, and then there was like some interactive games and I'm just like, no, nah, I'm not way too old for that. But it was kind of cool. Was, was there a, re- cool please tell me there was a Wreck-It Ralph machine there somewhere. There were a ton of Wreck-It Ralph machines, like a ton, like every floor had at least six, at least. And I know you're not joking about that. No, like I wa- at literally at one, like when you walk in, like each floor has a fix it Felix Jr. box there when you walk up to it- the floor. And then there was like one uh, like this one time we were walking around and I look and there's like an alcove and there's nine of them all lined up. I'm like, <laughs> what do you need that many? Do you know why that is? I, like unrelated. Like I now I, it's funny that I asked that question and uh, I, I kind of know why. Why? So whenever Wreck-It Ralph was coming out like on um in the theaters and also with the DVD push, they made a bunch of those machines and took them across the country and had them in the malls. Yeah. And I know at Strongsville Mall, Mary and I found it and it was free to play. And we're just like, we were tickled the entire time. And the thing is, like, it came, like, pre-smudged and messed up. Like, it looked like kids had just jammed their faces on this thing. And it was, like, it looked like a game machine. Like, it looked like a, a tower from, or a cabinet from, like, yeah. the 80s. It was amazing. No, but they had a lot so, of fixes. Sounds like they called Jr. them all back there. in. It's like, here you go. I guess we're just going to yeah. have them all on Disney Quest. But it was kind of cool. I mean, it's, like, 45 bucks a person. And you pretty much can play all day. I mean, if I was younger, like probably. So it's free to play once you go inside. Sixteen, yeah. Okay, you that's just, good. You just keep playing. Uh, like if I was sixteen, I probably lost my mind in there. Um, but it was something to do. Uh, and then we hit up uh, X Men Apocalypse Friday or Thursday night, which um, you can hit spoiler alert. Spoiler! Spoiler alert! I enjoyed it. Um, I thought I'm going to go over X-Men Apocalypse here real quick. Uh, so if you haven't seen it, you know, that's why I hit the spoiler All right, I'm, I'm going to leave the room. No, I don't really know. I don't know. Like, I, I'll watch it. But I don't know. Like, Days of Future Past was good. But it. I would put it on par with, like, Days of Future Past, but not First Class. First Class was so good. Um, It was about as good as Days of Future Past. Okay. They did a lot of things right. Um. 
Psylocke was <laughs> like they. I was really disappointed with Psylocke. <laughs> like they. Like I mean, I like Olivia Munn. I think she fit the 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 character look perfectly. They got the costume perfectly. They made that poor woman wear that thing. Um, cause like I read an article about how like she literally had to like, like they had to like, like pull her into it. Like it wasn't easily attacked, like put mm-hmm. on, um, you know, she did all this katana training. She probably had like two or three lines in the whole movie. Uh, and then she was just kind of like this brooding, like badass, like mean character that, that didn't really fit Psylocke too much. I mean, the effects were cool with her and stuff. Um, you know, uh, well, she already has the mutant ability of resting bitch face anyway, so I figured that would just be applicable. That's kind of that. yeah. that's kind of. I bit. love Olivia Munn, but she has definitely like if she's not talking, you're like she hates something right now, right? Like, and that's pretty <laughs> much how you, the vibe you got from Psylocke. Oh. Um, I mean, they did a really good job. Uh, there was some decent humor in it. Surprisingly, there's like a good uh, like Xavier's rekindling his uh, relationship with um, Maury McTaggart. Okay. Which was interesting. Um, so so do they skip right over that he brain wiped her, or do they kind of reference no, no, no? That? They okay. reference okay. it completely, but it's funny because she doesn't know, but he knows, and he's all like, kind of like, 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 uh, like Twitter pated, like he's just <laughs> trying to like, like he's asking her all kinds of questions. So, so you married and and things like that, and you know, I already know I used my brain yeah. powers on you earlier, but he's he's just really nervous to meet her again. So it was kind of how's funny. things working out, with Seth Rogen? Um, and then uh, like. What a, Apocalypse was actually pretty good. I I did like Apocalypse. I just was a little bit bigger. Uh, well, I heard, and and you, you you can ruin this for me. I heard that like because the trailers you saw him change size because he's supposed to have like complete control yeah. over his his body, and he's like supposed to be the first mutant and like completely badass. And you see some of that trailer, but I found out that's all like dream sequences. It is because there's a and, whole oh that's frustrating scene. There's a whole scene at the end which I didn't like this scene as much, where everybody's kind of like trying to stop Apocalypse. Xavier's there; he's basically using Xavier as a battery to contact all living life forms, and like you know, you know how they try to do the plot with Cerebo killing everyone. Yeah, next two. Yeah, he's basically Apocalypse was trying to do that, and wow. so he was fighting with Charles in his mind. But then he was also physically fighting the rest of the X-Men outside, okay. which I kind of had a weird, you know, it's like, man, you got to have a lot of split concentration. But, like, Apocalypse seemed to have, like, an answer for everything, which he, <laughs> which, which he should. Yeah. Like, any time his eyes turned white, it was like, he's like, I've got a power to over-counter that, or I've got, I can stop that, or I can do this. So, <laughs> um, like, he, he had, like, some set powers that he did, like, his teleportation and, like, enhancing things and things like that. Um, Quicksilver stole the show again amazing quicksilver scene like i love evan peters's quicksilver and it was funny because like when we went to the theater we got lanyards and i was like oh i gotta get the one with my relative and they were like what and i'm like yeah it's evan peters and we're, related. <laughs> we're, uh, totally related we're totally related totally related so um uh but the um the scene was really good uh like they, they i can't remember what song they put it to um but it's kind of like he saves the day uh, like something happens, like like there's a, like a, a catastrophe with all the X Men, and he basically shows up like right as everything's about to like just go to hell, and you see like time freeze, and he looks around, and he's like, huh, and then the music starts, and he just starts going through it, and like like saving everyone, and it was just it was really cool. Well, because like the time of the bottle sequence in Days of Future Past was the best sequence in that movie when he's going in and saving uh, Magneto and going into the kitchen yep. and moving all the bullets and listening to Time in a Bottle. And it's yep. like, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Like, I, I think I told you whatever, 
I showed when Mary and I went to go see Age of Ultron. And I was like, yeah, that Quicksilver, he was okay. But I was like, I'm just going to show you this one scene. And she was just smiling the entire yeah. time. I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. So, yeah, I'm glad that he... They I, have I a, like how do they get him so right, but not anybody else? I don't understand I don't that. Know. Yeah, um, that was that was probably one of the best scenes. Uh, the the, uh, the Wolverine cameo was a lot better than what I expected it to be. Uh, they do go to Akali Lake because um, like Stryker shows up, he grabs a bunch of mutants, um, which is kind of almost like completely off from the whole. Um, uh, Main apocalypse storyline because yeah. like striker shows up out of nowhere and he's just like all right and he's like grab them them and them because he knew them from the previous x-men movies and then they take 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 them back to alkali lake and um uh they end up a couple of like gene and nightcrawler and scott stow away and try to save everybody but they end up inadvertently letting wolverine out when he's weapon x and he's got the whole weapon x gear on it like it looks ridiculous and then he just goes into full on murder mode, and it's like, whew. like it, it's the Wolverine that everyone always talks about. What we never see. It was pretty cool. Well, hopefully, then that will go forward into the next movie that they're going to do with him. Yeah. So, like, they do wrap up. The end was really good. Not like the whole, like, like completion of it, but the last scene is them getting ready to throw down in the danger room, and they have like really good. I don't want to say authentic, but they they're wearing all of their like '90s gear. Like Cyclops has the the straps across his. Oh, uh, when you said '90s gear, I was thinking of like their first singer movie from the '90s. No, where they're wearing all the black leather, and I was wondering if they're going to start booking it up against that and become one big time loop. No, and it's like yeah, yeah. Okay. They turn around and like Nightcrawler's got the red and white with the. Oh, flares. I, okay, okay. I'll watch. Like it they now. do. Okay. Like that whole scene was like, and even Mystique. As much as I don't like Mystique leading the X Men, that's the only thing I have a huge problem with this movie is Mystique leading the X Men because Mystique is always, always kind of like pushing against the X-Men. Eh, I mean, you got Emma Frost eventually coming over to the good guy side too, so whatever. True, but like even Mystique had the white and blue. Like, oh, nice. They give Jennifer yeah. Lawrence like the, it looks like Mystique's outfit instead of her running around blue and naked. You know, Scott had the, and Storm had the the 90s, um, like those those weird, I don't know. Oh, the weird cape type thing, cape that, she type had, yeah. thing that she had. Yeah, it was really cool to see them all wearing that. I was like, oh, yeah, because they're because basically that took place in the 80s and that's going to gear over to the 90s. So, so and, and the, the next the next movie needs to start with them having the hero pose from the X-Men 90s comic book. That's what needs to happen. Yep. They're all standing there like that. But uh, so while Joe okay. did that brief, brief aside, I, I watched the Fantastic Four newest movie and it was none of those things Joe just said. So. I subjugated myself to that. I was like, how bad could this be? And it's kind of like, you know how you really wanted a good meal, but you're like, but I'll, I'm just going to drive to Taco Bell and just grab like whatever and, and be kind of like, ah, that was okay. Yeah. That's kind of where I was with that, where mm. it's like, oh man, I should have, I should have gotten a way better, a way better crunch wrap than what I got. Like it was just kind of not the worst movie ever, but you get mad knowing that it could have been, you well, know? So anyway, I'm glad you endured it. Yeah, you should watch it sometime. I might. Who knows? <laughs> so that was Friday, or that was Thursday, and then Friday was the first day we went to the con. Um, and I told Paul this, and I told a couple other people, I was like, I didn't follow my con rules because Friday we got there. It was pretty cool. Um, there was not a lot of people there yet. Um, we walked around, checked out a lot of vendors. Um, uh, I went down um, the artist alley, and I checked to see how all the artists were there. Um they had uh, uh, the whole back areas with all the celebrities. So I was kind of like just kind of 
um, driving by, looking at everybody from a distance. Like, you know, I saw Adam West. I saw Katie Cassidy. I saw Anthony Daniels. Like, everybody was out, like, at their booths doing stuff. So it was pretty cool. Um, we went to a couple panels. Uh, I think the first one we went to was Kevin Conroy's panel. I just want to believe Adam West was actually in the crowd wandering around. Like wanting to meet other people. That's I kind of want to feel I, like that was what was going on. I would have I would have totally went and met. I think I would have paid to meet Adam West, but Burt Ward was there, and that was kind of like a deal breaker. <laughs> I'm like, you know what, Burt Ward? I'm like, you're kind of Robin, and you're kind of a a, a crappy Robin. <laughs> like I don't want like like if I would have met Mayor uh, Adam West, I probably would have called him Mayor West. Yeah. Like, oh, it's so nice to meet you, Mayor West. Well, I mean, at least give Adam West credit as much as he took himself so seriously as Batman and and really, I don't know, there was that whole period there where he was a joke and he's kind of just lead into it with the whole family guy thing that he's gotten back to being loved by everybody. So how do you do that where you're loved as one guy and then hated and now you're loved again just for being for being you, but not really being you like it's really weird. I don't know, but um, Kevin Conroy's panel was really cool. He 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 had a lot of really cool stories about how he got into the voice acting. Like he even um, like talked about like how he started off doing like a lot of Shakespearean stage plays, and then some one day he just goes in on a like, it wasn't a whim. I think like he knew somebody that that got him in with Warner Brothers, and they sat him down and uh, they told him that. They told like he wasn't really too like he was familiar with Batman, but not like a, like very familiar. They kind of told him the story, and he's like, "Oh, that's that's totally a, like a, like a Shakespearean character, like you know the the tragic hero." He's like, "I could totally do that," and then he just started doing the Batman voice, and they're like, "Yes, yes, that's what we want. That's what we want." <laughs> Quick, start drawing him, draw and him then, right now. Yeah, and yeah. then it was like, boom, he was in. Uh, you know, so it was really cool. Uh, seeing him and talk and then like um you know after that we went to a couple other panels about uh cosplay and some stuff and uh i learned how to make a like some weird things out of like uh like household items like one of the guys that he was a member of the 501st um the star wars the star wars fan group the stormtroopers that you see at all the events uh, but he works at like Lowe's. So he was like, dude, when I'm at work, I just look and I'm just like, you guys see like a uh, PVC pipe and different tube fittings. He's like, I see scopes and lightsabers. And, <laughs> you know, he showed us like how he made all these different lightsabers and different guns and stuff like that with just pieces, you know, from Lowe's. And it was kind of cool. Do you think like his bosses are cool with him or not cool with him? No, he's like it's at Lowe's where he's like, all I see is Star Wars stuff. It's like, come on, Bill, we need to move that. He's like, no, yeah. no, no. And he's just like making lightsaber noises with the pipes and everything while it's there. It's like, <laughs> just could you just move the pallet of wood? You know, like he did say that like what, he, over to Endor. Like I don't care, just take it over there. It's fine. He went into. Uh, he said he did go into one of the the Home Depots and he was like getting like PVC pipes for stuff. And the guy that was helping him. Like, obviously, he told him what he was doing, but the guy still in his head was like, well, these don't go together. And he kept getting mad at him because, like, (laughs) he was getting, like, these pieces for stuff. And this guy was just like, but he's like, you don't want that. And he's like, no, no, I do. I'm trying to do this. I'm not. He's like, but those parts don't go together. You know, it was just like. (laughs) He's like, your house is, it's going to be a shitty house. Yeah, that's basically what this guy was like. He's like, whatever, your project's going to fall apart. Like. You know, so it was kind of it was kind of funny. So, 
And then um, that's about like all we did on Friday because a lot of it was like walking around, checking out the con and stuff. So when you say that you didn't follow your con rules, you're saying that you didn't go and take advantage of the slow time on Friday correct? and get all your kind of like nibbing through stuff and yeah. figuring thing out what you want to do and, and all of that. Yeah. yeah. I kind of looked around a lot. The one thing I did see, like I was kind of surprised and kind of bummed. Uh, J. Scott Campbell had a booth there, but he wasn't there. But, like, he had pre-signed prints and art and mm. stuff. Um, he did, like, Gen 13. He's done a lot of variant covers for Spider-Man. If you've ever seen any type of, like, like pin-up-y, femme fatale, Mary Jane photos, it's usually stuff he's done. Yeah, his his look was very, very late 90s, early 2000s, like, very... Um there was there was a style uh, style then that was very it's very very uh i don't it's very sexual yeah like a lot of the the women were very like voluptuous and kind of like curvy yeah i think pin up is the right way to describe yeah, it pin up, yeah, yeah that's it yeah um but uh you know he was there i saw greg capullo um i didn't get anything for greg capullo to sign i really did want to get something but i didn't get anything uh greg capullo was uh a big hand in drawing spawn in the 90s and then he did Batman recently, um, more recently that he's really popular for. But he's a pretty cool artist that I liked. Um, uh, I'm trying to think what else we did on Friday. Uh, that's about it for Friday. Friday was a little bit of a short day. Um, and then Saturday, Saturday was like the main, I want to say like meat and potatoes of the day, of the, of the whole trip. So we got there at 11 on Friday. Okay, we got our we got our we had we prepaid prepaid tickets. We we turned them in, got our little badges, our little wrist things, and then we went into the the con. So we got there about like quarter to eleven on f- Saturday, right? Thinking we're going to get away with the same thing. Not so much. <laughs> as soon as we get outside, the entrance has a line to get in. So we're like, oh! So we stand in line for about like fifteen twenty minutes to get in. Eventually, we learned people just don't know how to filter in through doors, so we kind of like usher ahead of everyone and just get in through the doors. So we finally get into the convention center where it's air-conditioned, and we're like, oh, thank God. So then we're like, all right, we already know this this show, so we're going to go into the back and go get our wristbands. There is There was easily probably like a few thousand people still waiting to get their wristbands. So wow. they started filtering us in to this part of the convention center that was vacant, and they had like a good quarter of the convention center room filled up and of full of people. And it was just, it was so disorganized because they had a group of probably about maybe 300 people in the middle. And then they started lining up a bunch of people against one wall. And then they had it curve around. But then there were like people in the center. Hmm. And it looked like a bad game of like centipede. Or snake. Or snake, yeah. <laughs> it was just like terrible. And then they, and then like they moved us closer to the one door. And then they started another line on another wall. And then these people are still in the middle. So then, like, they start moving these people out of the middle. And everybody's standing there complaining. They're like, I can't believe that they've messed this up so bad. And slowly but surely, they're filtering people into the area where they were giving out the wristbands or giving the wristbands. People that didn't buy tickets, pre-buy tickets, were getting in sooner than everyone else. Because they would just go buy their tickets in a shorter line, and then they'd get their their wristbands right there. So, like, I was watching people walk in in costume, and then, like, like 20, 25 minutes later, they would be walking back out to go. I'm like, we're like, what are they doing? Like, why are we being and, held and here? by wristbands, you're talking about, like, the meet and greet that you had for, for no, Stan I'm, Lee? No, I'm just talking to, about this, like... Just to get into the con. Oh, wow. I like, thought... we stood and waited for an hour and a half 
on Saturday just to get inside the con. It was oh, a mess. I thought I thought your uh, wristband was good for like both days, or was it not? No, it wasn't like oh. what we did at Wizard World. We should have done that with an all all weekend thing, but we didn't. We did individual oh, okay. days. Okay, so I misunderstood. Like, I would have been so mad. Like that's I would have been just fuming. We of course, were, of course, you texted me at the time, but I'm just writing back stupid things to you because I thought I thought you were in line for like Stan Lee or something. I wasn't no, I sure. was I was so in line. I, I was just being a dick all the time. I'm like I was at the food court at the mall, like you know, obviously like uh, anger eating my uh, my food after Fantastic Four or whatever, you know. Like uh, I was in line just to get into the con, so I fi- <laughs> I finally get into the con, and my 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 two buddies they met they met up with one of my other friends friends, and he was doing some Funko Pop stuff. And I was like, I'm like, I'm going to go start getting my stuff done. I'm like, you guys go do what you got to do. I'm like, I need to get this stuff done because this is technically the last day we'll have. So I shot over to the CGC. I went and got one of those guys, and we went over to Mike Zek's table. Uh, Mike Zek drew Marvel Secret Wars back in the 80s, responsible for creating the black costume that Spider-Man wears with the white spider on it. And so, then the CDC, CDC, CGC, CDC is the, the comic D, rating, but the, the CDC is disease people. So no, uh, CGC, we talked about them last week when Joe had his books graded. So yeah. you need a witness from them, from them to verify, to verify that he signed it. Yeah. So he came over with me. I had him sign it. Um, you know, it was kind of weird. Like I said, hi to him. Uh, he didn't really make a lot of eye contact. Um, you know, I thanked him for signing the books. You know, I said it was, you know, I'm, I'm glad he, he worked on Secret Wars so that we could have the black costume. It's one of my favorite costumes. He said, thank you. And that was it. I was on my way. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. So life like, over. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, cool. So I shot over to drop that off, got it graded. And then I went and I got in line for my autograph with Stan. So I was in line with, uh, to, to get my autograph with Stan Lee. So I'm standing there, and, and it's like this little turn, weird turnstile like uh, thing where they're pushing us through and like like going in circles to try and like you know whittle the line down. And um, people are trying to take photos of them, and they had like these two big security guards there, and they're just like yelling at everybody, "Put your phones down! Put your phones down!" And they almost kicked somebody out of line because every time that they would swing by the front of the table, because when the line would rotate, you would be like probably 10 feet from Stan and the line okay. of people that were getting autographs. You know, people were kind of doing one of these, like, I'm going to hold the phone close to my chest and act like I'm just holding it. And, oh, no, they weren't having it. So it was kind of really strict. <laughs> this sounds um, like the time I was at the Mansfield prison taking the tour. We went up to the roof and they're like, across the way is an actual functioning prison if they see your phone out, they will come over and confiscate it from you and you will not get it back because they didn't want anybody taking recon of like the different prisoners in the yard. It sounds like the same level of security. Like, it's yeah, very scary. That's what it was. But like Stan was. I wish they were dressed like the wrecking crew, though, the entire time. That would have been amazing. That would have been cool if they were in <laughs> costumes. But then I don't think people would have taken them seriously. Be like, the wrecker told the wrecker's going to jack you up or, or Thunderball. Yeah. Um, but, uh,. So like like Stan had two guys on the si- on each side of him that were like part of his crew and they were basically like like conveyor belt feeding him things to sign. And um so like I got up there and there was all kinds of things people were getting signed. Like this one guy was in line with a dolly. I'm like I don't even know what he's got in his box like all wrapped up. So like it turned out it was like a Captain America shield, like a legit big Captain America shield. Okay. And he had St- Stan uh, Stan sign the star. I saw another guy get his tattoo signed because he had a calf piece. Okay. And Stan signed it. And I'm assuming he went over because there was a whole section here where they had like like 
tattoo artists. Like that was one thing they didn't have at Wizard World that was a little different. Is they had they, a lot they of did that la- the year before, but not this this year. Okay, they had they had like to tattoo people on they're like the whole booth of them. Yeah, but yeah, that's so they probably got rushed over and got it. You he know, got it signed, it. yeah, by Stan, uh, which is kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Yeah, and then um, so then uh, <laughs> would you misspell your name on purpose if you did that though? <laughs> Someone's like, hey, sign this for my tattoo. I'm being like, oh, Stan B. Oh, <laughs> oh, damn it, he got me. Uh, well, it's permanent. So no, but I got up there and you know I got I had my amazing Spider Man three hundred there to get signed and um, you know I gave it to the one guy and he kind of like pushed it in front of Stan and like everybody just kind of moves through like you're moving down a cafeteria line oh. and like I said hi I was like hey Stan and uh, he said hello and then like the two guys on both sides were like just barking all kinds of stuff at him like okay we're gonna finish up with this group that's the end of the line there and you know he's like we got to be finished by then so we can go over here and he's and and then i think he said something he's like he's wanted to go over this one booth first and they're like okay if we have time we'll head over there and the whole time like he's signing and just kind of like grabbing things and then like I like watched him sign my book and I told you, I was like, I felt really bad for him because it was like he was signing it so slow and part of it's because he's 93 and part of it was probably because he he probably already signed 5,000 things that weekend and his hands, I'm like, man, I'm like, I was like, oh, please, I don't know if I want you to sign this because it looks like you're probably in pain. But just just finish it. Just, it's fine. Just, just, if no. you could, oh. So did so, you have someone witness that one too? Yeah. Okay. Well, the way that they did stand was completely different because they had a station there. That makes sense. Because people were getting stuff signed. You wanted it graded. So they had a guy there, and he, like, after we got done, like, unless it was something that wasn't there, because there was a few things that weren't a big deal. Like, you know, he looked at everything you got signed. He's like, you're going to want to get that graded. You're going to want to get that seal of approval or uh, certified, like if it was a Funko Pop figure. Yeah. So we all had to wait, and then we walked over to, uh, like, a small, like, a booth that was, like, really close by. And then they would like help us fill out the paperwork and then take it to go get graded. Okay. Um, and I actually had this 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 girl behind me, and she had some really old comics. Like she had, um, I think it was the first appearance of Molten Man. Oh and, wow! And Amazing Spider Man. Okay. Uh, it was like Amazing Spider Man ninety something. Wow. Uh, but it was her mom's comics, and like when she got she got three comics signed, and um. The guy that was the CGC guy that was there, like he was looking at a lot of stuff, and he's like, "You want to definitely get those graded, you know, because they're older comics." And she was like, "I don't know." And everybody was like, "No, you want to get those graded." Like they weren't in tip top condition, but we were like all kind of egging her on. So yeah. she went and got in line, and she's on the phone with her mom, and you know, trying to get her mom's okay because like they're gonna have to pay to get them graded too. Yeah, and the older they are, the more it usually costs. But, yeah, but I mean, it, it would be. It would just be a shame. It's like here you go, mom, and then mom's like, "Oh, look at this," and then they just, that's it. Like, yeah, like that could be something of substantial value that could be held on to. Not that you want to like flip that stuff, but if you ever want to, well, like I showed her because like I had one of my slabs with me because it was broken open to take the comic out, yeah. and I kept it like sealed somewhat together so the comic wouldn't get damaged. Yeah, but I showed her. I was like, "This is what they put it in," and like it's like a really nice kind of like frame. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not going to get damaged once it's inside here. You know, unless it catches on fire, but. <laughs> so, but uh, I sat down. I got my comics grade. I got my comic graded, and then I was kind of done. I also picked up a uh, a print at Mike Zeck's stand of the uh, original uh, Secret Wars, the first issue with all the superheroes on it, where it says Marvel Secret Wars. Okay. You know, it's got like Hulk, the Fantastic Four, the, all the Avengers. You know, um, jumping out of it, 
and I had him sign that too. So that was like the one print I bought. So with the Stan Lee thing, though, it's like it was just kind of like was it kind of like what your expectation was going to be of just like hey, I know, in and out, like thank you, and a, then move on, or a, a bit of a little bit. Yeah. I thought it would have been a little bit more like you know maybe handshake, maybe maybe like you know a little bit of like, Oh, thank you. You know, thank I love, you know, thank you for creating everything you created, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Pre- you know, you're welcome. You know, no, it was, it was, it was very wooden, well. very kind of like stiff. Um, but I mean, I got what I kind of wanted out of it. And then, um, you know, that ties into like, like after I did that, <clears throat> I met back up with my friends. I had some lunch and then I went and got in line for Kevin Conroy to meet Kevin Conroy. Cause I wanted to meet him. He was really, really nice. It was a shorter line. Um, they had like a Batman photo up there that I got and then I had him sign it and we got a photo. He was really cool. I was talking to him. Uh, you know, I was like, Oh man, like your voice is iconic. Like I can't read a Batman comic without hearing your voice. <laughs> and he's like, wait till you see the killing joke. I was like, oh, I can't wait. So we talked about that a little bit. And then, um, after I got done with him, I went and bought my ticket for my photo op with Stan, which two totally separate things. Yeah. Uh, went to... Uh, Carlos Valdez's panel, who is Cisco on the Flash, very cool dude, almost exactly like Cisco. Probably not as like actual scientifically as techy, but I was it, there wasn't really much of a difference. I thought <laughs> when he was talking, um, found out that he ad libs a lot of stuff that he does, and he was telling us a story about how like he'll do like references, like where he'll say things like you know when he did the buy Felicia thing. And the directors are kind of like, okay, cool, but that cut, you know, that was funny, but can we kind of stick to the script? Like, they don't get some of the reference <laughs> he did, that he throws in. So it was kind of cool, but I cut out halfway through that because I had to get in line for the photo thing. So I got in line for the photo thing. Um, it was super packed, and, um, like, I got right up to, they had, like, a like an area completely curtained off for all the photos. So, like, I get there, and... Um, uh, like the server went down or something. They're like, we're having technical difficulties, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like standing there for like a good 15 minutes. That's a reboot stand. Yeah. And <laughs> like, I was like maybe like 10 feet from the entrance to the, I don't know what was behind the curtain. I know Stan was, but I don't know how they had it set up. So they get everything up and going and they're just like, it's like they turn on like the spigot full blast. They're like, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. I'm like, whoa. So like, I'm like almost running, right? So I go into this curtain and there's this this hallway of just like curtains and there's three people yelling at me like, come on, let's move, let's move. And I'm just like, I'm holding my little uh, print that I had because I was just carrying it around with me the whole mm-hmm. time. So I'm holding a little print I have and I'm like running in there and like I come in this room and like it's a, another curtain and I'm like, I don't know why I have to have so many curtains. Like, <laughs> so like I get in there and it, and it's just like really bizarre because you got a camera on one side and then you got Stan in a chair on another with a backdrop. And then there's four more people in there yelling at me. And I'm like looking around and they're like, okay, this guy in front of me, they're like, okay, you move up here. And then you move, go right next to him. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not with him. And they're like, okay, well then fine. You stand right there. And they're like, is he going to hold that? And I was like, no, no, I don't know what to do with this. And they're like, it doesn't matter. Just move up yeah. right there. Could you please hold my side Batman picture? Yeah. <laughs> Cause as soon, 
I know you didn't make this character, but I really love Batman a lot. Could you please hold this for me? Because as soon as that guy was done with his photo, they were like almost physically pushing me next to him. And I was just like, I I walked up next to him and he looks at me. Was this like a Christmas story? Whenever you're trying to meet Santa, they're just throwing you down the chute and you're out the way? Only like like 20 times faster. (laughs) And like, I like stand next to him. He looks at me. He's like, hello. And I'm like, hi, Stan. And like. I look over, I smile, and then they're just like, okay, let's go, let's go. And I'm just like, I get out, and then I look, and like, they had this table set up where everybody was putting all their stuff there, holding their hands, and I was like, oh, well, sh- I could have totally just put my thing there, and I could have just, but no, my photo, I'm holding it, looking like kind of like a goof. <laughs> so it was like, oh, it was like super stressful. Like, yeah, uh, that's frustrating. Like, that's not how you want to meet them. No, like, I, I mean, the handful of people I've met at Cleveland Wizard World, which sounds like, this sounds like Smallville, Kansas versus compared to what you that's, went through. That's kind of um, like how it was, yeah. Well, we'll have to ask a uh, friend of the show, Tim, how it was when he met Chris Hemsworth for his photo op. He, well, I talked to him, and like, because I went, I was at, you know, we went out to lunch after he got his photo with Chris, yeah. Hem- Chris Hemsworth, and the way he described it was kind of similar. They just, yeah. like, walk up, snap, go. Um, I don't know if I would ever want to do that. Yeah. But I was done after that, and then I think around that it was like six o'clock. So I was in line like all day. Wow. Saturday, and then um, we were like, "Hey, let's go to Jane Silent Bob's thing." Orlando, that's where you're at. Orlando, Florida. Orlando, Florida. <laughs> uh, so we went to go get into that, but then it was like thirty-five bucks. It was the only panel type thing you had to pay another ticket price for. So I was like, "Forget that." So yeah. went home, and then the next day. Had to take my one buddy back to the airport, and we went back for like three or four hours uh, to the con for Sunday. And I looked at comics a lot, and then I went and got some photos done with some of the stuff with the 501st, and I was done. So you also said like you you, you forgot the most important person that you saw in passing, and that was uh, Miss Laurel Lance, uh, the Black Canary <laughs> on Arrow. Oh yeah, uh, Katie Cassidy. That's, Katie like, Ca- yeah, Katie yeah. Cassidy was there. I saw her because she was next to Christopher Lloyd, but he was his whole area was cleaned out because he went to his panel. So you could kind of like the whole time there was there was almost no way you could see most of these people because there were so many lines wow. of people. And like I saw her signing stuff, and then like, um, then there was another time where like they were finishing up her photo op, but that was about it. I mean, she's like your favorite character. Mm-hmm. Your favorite actress. Yep. You know, just like when she was signing stuff, was she breaking into tears every single time? Was she like crying no. every time signing something? Okay. Yeah. I, I, just, I just wanted to make known on record that you saw your favorite character from Arrow and you you didn't go and approach her. So. No. <laughs> I think the only person from Arrow I'd maybe go talk to would be, no, I would go talk to Stephen Amel or Diggle. What, John Barrowman? You wouldn't speak to him? He was there. He well, but okay. So you did. I mean, I would I go, go see, talk to him. No. Well, okay, fine. I'm just saying, like, he's awesome. Like, you know, he's Martin. Martin was it Merlin? Malcolm Merlin. Malcolm Merlin, and, and also Captain, Captain Jack, Jack Harkness. Harkness yeah. yeah. No, I didn't go see him. And then um, Billy Piper was there. Uh, so was Michelle Gomez, who played the Master in the new season. Oh, I I've yet to get. Oh, that that's actually a good tie-in to the stuff we're gonna talk about in a second. Yeah. Um. So anyway, it sounds like you had. A good time at times, but a frustrating time at other times. Overall, and, I'm happy with the experience. Okay. Like, I'm glad I got to meet Stanley and get him to sign something, even though it was very, like, kind of not organic in a sense, you know? Yeah. Uh, one of the guys that I was waiting in line with while we were trying to get our stupid wristbands was, uh, he worked at a restaurant. He's like, oh, I met him yesterday. And he's like, showed us pictures that he came to the restaurant. And I'm like, see, that's how you meet somebody. Yeah. You know, but. 
I mean, so far, so like, so Wizard World Cleveland was your first like con experience, right? Mm-hmm. And then, so this is this is like your first big con experience. And I know you said you were kind of excited about Wizard World Cleveland that you wanted to go do more of them. Has this still kept you interested in going, or are you now going to be a little bit more? No, I uh, I enjoy them a lot because like. Um, one thing I do enjoy is I do love shopping for comics there. And like, you, like you, you've experienced me going into the different comic areas. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what you're talking Cause about. Cause I could browse in there for a long time. And it's funny because like I went into a couple different ones and I was like pricing stuff and like me and my buddy were in there and I was like that, that is way overpriced. Like, I don't know who in their right mind would buy that right there. Like, I think it like, like he had, he, like he had an amazing Spider-Man 300 at a 9.2 grade, mine was a 9.4 for like 450. No big deal. All right, yeah. No, but no, but it was like but it was like a 4 it was like 450. I'm like you could find those on eBay for like 300 bucks. Wow. Like They're right that from what you've told me like with your pricing of those books that is that's that's excessive. Yeah. yeah. And there yeah, there was just some that were just kind of and then there was a few that were like misconstruing like you get 20% off this and I'm like that kind of almost just brings it back down to the price that it should be. Yeah. You know, so, but there was one place there. It was called Colossal Comics uh, that had um, the last day of the con, like their booth was like 75% off. Like they're basically just trying to clean everything out. And like, unfortunately everything was cleaned out when I went to look at it. Like there were some trades in there that I might've picked up for like 75% off if they were there, but no. So, okay. Overall good experience. Uh, yeah, uh, please let us know on our Facebook ta- Facebook page Facebook page Invasion of the Podcast. Uh, let us know if there's any uh, con experiences that you guys have had that you've enjoyed. I know for the show, Steve King of the Science Slasher, he got to meet Robert England, and he has a really funny story about the time he met Robert England. So mm-hmm. I, I won't tell it now. Hopefully, we'll get him on the show, and he'll tell it. Some well, point. didn't he tell it on the cast? Did he tell it? Uh, maybe he. Did. I thought he did. I, he's told it to me. I don't know if it was in front of an open mic, but oh, if okay. he has, if he has, go back and listen to it. If he hasn't, we'll have him on the show, and he'll tell it then, or he'll tell it again. I don't know, but he had a yeah. good story about that uh just yeah let us know if there's anybody that you met that's awesome uh had good experiences at conventions uh also we are on twitter at invading podcast and also invading podcast at gmail write us a letter let us know the stuff uh you know what you, what you guys what you guys like didn't like you could also send us voice memos in the gmail so like if you want to call in quote unquote you could do that you know what i should have done i should have used the bruce campbell method oh yeah, I should have found an, an angle. You should have found an Should have found an angle. I should have done a little research. Should have found an angle. I doubt. You know what? Even if I would have had an angle, I probably couldn't have talked to Stanley for that long. Maybe Kevin Conroy or like Zach. But yeah, the Stanley would have. That would have been tough. I, you know, I could have had a really good angle with uh, Greg Capullo because Greg Capullo created the Creech, and I remember when McFarland toys were really blowing up, they made a Creech figure, and I bought that thing because apparently there was internet buzz about how that was like so unique. And I had that damn thing for like (laughs) probably seven years in the box. And I don't even know where it is now. And if I still had that damn thing, I probably would have had him sign it. That's funny. Yeah, you gotta and have I, an end. You gotta have an end. That, that would have been my end. Yeah. I would have been like Greg Capullo. I had a Creech action figure that I never opened, and I don't know where it is, but I wish I could have signed it. Like when I met David Nodden, my end was you have terrified me since I was a small child. Not really an end, but just a statement of truth. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, 
All right, so uh, moving on, we're going to uh, wrap up things here. I don't have a good button for this, but talking about our resolutions that we made at the beginning of the year. Hooray! Hooray denied! We were all excited, and now we were on, we're going to face up to what we have not gotten to. So Joe doesn't remember what he said he was going to do, so I'll go through quickly. Which probably means I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. One, you said read more DC Comics. Which I have not done. Yeah. Uh, you would like to start playing an MMO again, is what you said. Does the division count? <laughs> I no. maybe no. Are Wait. you playing? Are you playing the division right now? No, I'm playing Overwatch. <laughs> and then the other thing, you are being very, you're being very general about everything. You're like, and I should probably watch more TV and movies. Is the other thing that you threw out? Okay, there movies. I will say I have watched okay. more movies. Like I've actually gone in and watched a few things on Netflix. Like I watched Turbo Kid. Um, I went through. I watched. I started watching more westerns. Like I watched The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly on the plane. Um, I watched Unforgiven. Um, You've seen Bone Tomahawk. As Bone well. Tomahawk. Yeah, I was. I really got into my westerns in the last couple months. Like I've been trying to chew through those. I watched a couple documentaries on Netflix, which I, you know, Netflix I usually never fire up. I don't know why. I pay. I pay for that every month. I don't know what I watch it for. So what's your go to then if you watch anything? Is it just- Hulu? Yeah, usually like Hulu is like my go to. I, I have like you know my Brooklyn Nine Nine. I have my SNL. My Family Guy. Um, so you my, more my superhero stories. You're more of like uh, TV versus just movies. Like I know for me, yeah. it's like I, I well now this whole now that I'm out of my season of hell, aka this last broadcast season, finally got everything wrapped up. Finally, I feel like I can watch stuff again. So I don't know if I'm going to commit. I say this now, three months from now, I'll be like, yeah, I just started watching new season of Arrow. It's it's what I'm going to fall right back into it, but. Netflix, it's like I binge watching some TV there, but there, you're right. There's a lot of good documentaries there, and that's ten, I tend to go. Like I end up watching all of those ESPN 30 for 30s. Those are really good. Yeah, that's on my yeah. list. I got to watch Believeland. I haven't seen that one, but there's some there's some really I, good ones out there. I heard it's it's a must watch, especially for us. But um, yeah, I feel like I've been I've been following that resolution because I have made an effort to actually like because normally what it turns into is like me and the girlfriend will watch like our Hulu our hulu runs and then i'll go play video games yeah so and like with movies i'll go to the theater and see a lot of movies but like if that slips through the theater and it doesn't make it into my radar like i can't think of the last thing i may have like digitally downloaded and was like i didn't see this in the theater so i'm gonna watch it like maybe ex machina yeah i remember i downloaded that because i didn't go see it in the theater yeah um but yeah, I mean that that sounds right because I know usually if something you want to go see, you'll go just go see it. Um, for me, my resolutions were uh, to get up, get caught up on Doctor Who as much as I could because um, I knew at the time that it was going to be getting pulled from Netflix. I didn't know that. I thought I thought it was like, oh, Netflix and Hulu, they'll just renew their contract with the BBC. That didn't happen. So I got through all of um, uh, Tennant and Smith and just started watching um, Capaldi. And then it got taken away from me. But Amazon Prime has uh, season nine, and or and my and I have secret ways of getting to Amazon. So I need to. It's <laughs> it's there, and I will get to it. I just I since I've been watching all this other TV, it was hard to just watch another season of Doctor Who. But considering at the time when I made this commitment, I had just I think I just started the Matt Smith era. I think I got through a lot, so I feel good about that. I'll get caught up, right? So I'm excited for Attack Eyebrows. I'll get to it. Um, the other two, not so much, uh, other two resolutions, not doctors. Um, one was to finish certain video games. So I have made a little bit, little bit, little glacial pace. 
progress with Mass Effect Three. I, th- I think I'm there. just gonna. No, it. no. I'm gonna give you what's no. you have till the end of August. Okay. That's you know, fair. no, no. You that's know fair. what? End of August. No. Is fair. End of July, because uh, that's when. No. Nope. Because we're all getting together and the end of July, and I'm just gonna drop a bunch of bombs on you. So, so, so you're saying for my bachelor party, it's gonna be instead of celebrating my night out, you're just gonna ruin everything I haven't finished yet. Yeah, I'm gonna wait till you're getting drunk at the end. And I'm just gonna be like, here's no. what happens in Red Dead no. Redemption. Here's oh, what happens in no. Mass Effect. Okay, so I made a little bit of progress in Mass Effect. Not touch Red Dead Redemption. You realize that most of those games are like someone spoiling the Sixth Sense that's been out long enough. Yeah, or like you know, early silent film. Like, hey, Paul, don't, I don't want you to ruin the gold rush for yeah. me or anything. No, but uh, one game though, I will admit that I didn't. I didn't say part of my list that we're getting really close to finishing. Heavy Rain uh, for PlayStation Three. Remember that? That was the interactive, like you know, yeah. who done it with all the the cast of French people that tried to speak American and none of them could say the word origami right. You keep hearing them say origami killer it's like it's really really weird but we're close to finishing it so i'm excited we might finish a playstation 3 exclusive game i'm gonna tell you finish red dead redemption before you finish mass effect so my problem now is with all that is it's one big problem it's overwatch that's my problem right now that's gonna be a problem yeah so we'll talk about more overwatch later i'm sure you know the thing about overwatch it's (laughs) like no i'm not gonna get into the end of the show that's killer is it's only like six seven minute games yes and i'm just like it's so easy to go oh one more game because like when i played heroes of the storm they're like 30 20 30 minute games so it's yeah. like you can't just be like i totally cannot squeeze another 30 minute game in. you could totally squeeze overwatch scratches that same game. itch like rocket league where it's like i can play a couple and then you realize oh i spent yeah. all day doing this you know so expect um, us to to gush about overwatch you I, know I, like I, that might happen next week because it's going to be we're going to be talking warcraft movie and we might do more of a blizzard wrap up again because it's the summer of blizzard it really is. You got Overwatch, Warcraft movie, and Legion coming, so it's very, yes. very blizzardy. Yes and no, and I, I want to apologize, but not apologize that we're Blizzard fanboys because I know there's people out there that don't love Blizzard. I wouldn't say I love Blizzard, but they do encompass a lot of my gaming. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So, anyway, that that's been my stumbling block with video games. I am going to work on it because Joe's going to ruin it for me. Mm. And last but not least, I told myself I was going to start watching more significant movies. And I said First Blood was the one I was going to watch. I have not watched that yet. It's been six months. So um, I just need to do it. I feel like also now not having to be committed to TV other than Game of Thrones. Um, oh, yeah. I watched an episode of Game of Thrones. You did? <laughs> which, yeah, which one? <laughs> no, the last one. The last one on Sunday. Because oh, my buddy, are you caught up or no? No, I was like, no. My buddy, my buddy watches it. So like, I'm over his house, right? And like, we're just sitting there. He's like, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna make dinner, and then I'm gonna watch Game of Thrones, and we'll go to bed, and we'll get up and go to the airport. And I'm like, okay. So, uh, like, we're sitting there, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, the hell's going on? And he's just like, oh, this happened, this happened. I'm like, why does that person look like that? And he's like, well, this happened. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Like, I just totally did not pull and suck me back in. And then, then like, at the end, I'm just kind of like, well, that was cool. Uh, no, so I like at the end, real real quick, that, like, you know, you got um, Daenerys on the Horn of Her Dragon, like, and she's just, you know, mm-hmm. talking to all the, you know, all the Aquamen there. Yeah. You know? and it, it felt like, it felt like almost like a group huddle at, like, a team, like a, a business. Yeah. are like, okay, guys, I need you to work really, really hard. Right. So we have success. All right, if we could just improve synergy by like ten percent, it was like, all right, now everybody like, break up and talk to your yay, team leaders. Dragons, and then yeah. and now Tony Robbins. Yeah, it just felt like, okay, everybody, we've been having a real problem with people stealing stationery. If we could just watch out, you know, 
like taking time off is also a form of stealing, you know, like, I, and now the dragon, you know, anyway. So that's what that kind of felt like was a very like, okay, group huddle. <laughs> move on. Yeah. Anyway. So yes. So that's where we're at. Please let us know. We, we asked at the beginning of the year, people had resolutions for things that you wanted to get to. I'm still curious as to what those are. I know I set left lofty goals for myself evidently, and I did not, I have not followed through on all of them. And yet. I didn't. But the year is still going, so hopefully Joel will read a comic, or no, or, you, you know, know what? or DC, play an MMO. DC Rebirth is I th- like I was going to go to the shop today because I missed going to the shop the last two weeks, and I was at a con. Oddly enough, uh, so I wanted to go to the, I wanted to go pick up DC Rebirth, and I also wanted to pick up the first issues of a couple of Rebirth, like Batman, Green Lantern, and I think Green Arrow and Flash, maybe. Okay, but. Because well, oddly enough, they have two Green Lanterns. One's a chick. The other one's a Green Lantern with a gun, which doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> I, but I saw Marvel's put out those new the, the new figures, like the whatever they call them, the signature series figure, figures, whatever they are, like the like the twenty five dollar ones you see at like uh, the comic shops and everything. Yeah. It's like I saw one. It's like like a Captain America one, but he's holding a gun. Like a handgun, and I'm like, yeah. that's not Captain America. It was really weird. I'm like, why do they have Matt? No, gun? he rocked that gun in the in the 40s. Okay, stuff. well maybe that's what it is. But it's just like yeah. that doesn't seem right. It's like give a Batman a gun. That doesn't make sense. But anyway, so all right, enough about that. Uh, next week, I'm sure is going to be some Warcraft talk. So uh, zug zug, uh, you know, uh, will make you yeah, blood and thunder, all that stuff. So oh, I'm going to get all kinds of Warcraft sound effects. Yes, <laughs> that's the best thing. We should just click on things repeatedly until they like, said more stuff. Work. More work. work. Yeah. Stop poking me. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, please, uh, if you guys don't know Warcraft, you're, go- you're going to. You're, we're going to punish you with all our Warcraft knowledge next week. Uh, but, uh, yeah, in the meantime, have a safe week. Um, and I, I don't know. I just If you're going to wait in long lines to meet Stan Lee, I, I guess hydrate. Uh, and don't, don't take pictures. Yeah, good luck with that. Too. Oh, yeah, Stan Lee's done with East Coast. Oh, I thought you like, wait, what? Breaking no. news. Yeah, breaking news. Yeah, I wanted to tell <laughs> you all signed, at the end. He signed one last... Surprise. He signed one last book and then took one photo with, with a Batman picture. <laughs> and that was it. He was done. He's done. No, yeah, he's done. Uh, this upcoming October New York Comic Con uh, is going to be his last con, except for anything on the West Coast that's yeah. out in you know, Sacramento, San Diego. So Joe just wants to let you guys know on the way out that he got to do something that you guys aren't going to get to do, so... Yeah, maybe maybe I was just trying to tell him to get in there before it's too late <laughs> <laughs>